Well, today we're continuing our message series called Beyond Borders. And really my primary goal in this series was to open our eyes to lost people, to open our eyes to lost people here in America and lost people all across the world. And not only open our eyes to what is out there and people who need to hear the gospel, but give us an opportunity to do something about it by praying for them and by supporting uh, missionaries that are going across the world to reach the lost. And today we're going to expand on the goal of the series with a message called So All Can Hear. Now, So All Can Hear is the purpose of the church on earth. Our purpose is to do everything we can so that every person on the planet can hear the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, of course, we have our purpose statement over there on the wall. If you haven't noticed it before, So All Can Hear. Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, of the Spirit and of the Son, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so we are to go and make disciples of all nations. We're not to leave a single nation behind, a single people group behind, without a credible witness of the gospel. We've looked at this before, but here's a three areas of mission that each of us has. We have a responsibility as individuals and as a church family to the area in which we live, which is the St. Louis metro area. And we're called to do our part in this area to present a bold, spirit-filled witness. And then we support missionaries that are called to the rest of America, places we can't go, places we don't live, and not only America, but to all the nations of the world. And so Life Church is privileged to be part of the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God was founded in 1914 with the primary objective of reaching the world for Jesus. And so this motto, so all can hear, is the purpose statement of Assemblies of God World Missions. And we have thousands of missionaries located in over 256 countries all around the world. Just about every country that is there has missionaries uh, from the Assemblies of God. It's really the newest major denomination in the world, and we've gone from a handful of people in 2014 to almost 70 million people today, and really are the largest Protestant denomination. And so through missions, reaching people of the world, we see one believer saved every 37 seconds. We're seeing one church planted every 95 minutes and one new minister released to pastor these churches every 73 minutes. And yet there are still billions of lost people in the world. There are still thousands upon thousands of unreached people groups. And so the banners in the front of our church that we've had up for a while reflect the fourfold mission of, of our world missions and reflect the fourfold mission of our church. We are to reach the lost. We are to plant churches. On my left, we are to train leaders and serve the poor. And so God calls people to be missionaries. God calls people to specific foreign lands to spread the gospel. And today, again, we'd like to uh, see a video of missionaries. It's a call to the Muslim area of North Africa, and it's titled An Open Door. So God is doing wonderful things in some of the hardest to reach places in the world. In fact, next Sunday, we're going to have a missionary, Jason, who is 
called to North Africa as well, and they're going to be sharing with us. And so how can we help reach the nations of the world? First of all, I have a vision that someday God is going to call people right here from Life Church to be missionaries, to go to the nations of the world in the future. Secondly, we can help right now by prayer and sending missionaries through making faith promises. And we're going to talk more about making faith promises towards the end of the message. But today we want to look at God's Word to see a little more clearly, understand how all can hear and what our part is in making God's vision that everybody would have a credible witness of the gospel, how making that vision to make that vision a reality. So let's first talk about what is the gospel. And in your programs, there's a white sheet. I encourage you to take that out. It has the outline there as well as the verses written out. Study questions in the back uh, as well that you can do on your own. And some of the life groups will be going over them. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 8. And it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. And in this passage, God's word is, is explaining what the gospel is all about. In order to be saved, you don't have to go hear a famous preacher. In order to be saved, you don't have to attend a specific church. You don't have to do all kinds of good things in order to be saved. A person is saved solely by faith. That faith is confessed with your mouth and it is believed in your heart. And so once somebody understands the basics of the gospel, that gospel must be received through faith. Just because somebody hears the gospel doesn't make them saved. It must be received through faith. And everyone, therefore, has a heart to believe and a mouth to confess. And when they do that, they receive the gospel. So let's explore a little more detail what it means to believe the good news of the gospel about Jesus Christ. Next verse goes over how we must believe and confess. It says, if you confess with your mouth, in verse 9, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so in this short verse, we see the essence of the gospel, which is expressed in two conditions. The first condition to be saved is to confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. Now, to confess with our mouths, it, it's not just speaking the words. It's, it's saying something with your mouth that's based on a belief in your heart. And the confession of all the believers in the New Testament, and the confession of believers today is that Jesus is Lord. And to say that Jesus is Lord implies a number of things that we must believe in our hearts. It means that Jesus is God. If Jesus is Lord, I mean Lord in the Old Testament was Yahweh. It was God, eternal, the creator God. Jesus is Lord. Secondly, when we say that Jesus is Lord, it means that Jesus has all power and all authority. That's what he said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All power and all authority has been given to me. To say that Jesus is Lord means that I am submitting my life to this Lord. I am submitting my life in, and making a commitment to obey everything that he tells me to do. To say that Jesus is Lord means that Jesus is alive. He's not dead anymore. He's reigning in heaven today. And so we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. Secondly, we believe in our hearts that Jesus is resurrected and alive today. You cannot be saved if you believe that Jesus is still dead, if he's still in a tomb somewhere in the Middle East. 
Jesus has been resurrected. He's alive today in reigning in heaven. And so there's two conditions go together. If you truly believe in our hearts that Jesus is alive, and if we confess that Jesus is Lord with our mouths, we will be saved according to Romans 10.9. Romans 10.10 expands and says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And so this verse says that when we believe in our hearts, we are justified. To be justified means that our sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. It means, I often think of justified, means just as if I'd never sinned. Our sins are forgiven. They're washed away through the blood of Christ. And so when we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we are truly saved. And so we see in these two, in these verses that we've looked at, three verses so far, is that the essence of the gospel is that a person is saved through faith and that faith expresses itself. It's not a faith we hide to ourselves, hide within ourselves. It's a faith that confesses to other people that Jesus is Lord and that faith is expressed in a life that follows Jesus as Lord and obeys him as Lord. Now, this is completely different than every other religion on the face of the planet. We don't all worship the same God. All religions are not the same. All other religions other than Christianity that we're talking about today teach that people are saved through doing good things. If you do this, if you pray this way, if you do that, if you uh, give this, if you spin a prayer wheel, if you do different things, that's what makes you saved. But Christianity, the Bible teaches that you are only saved through faith. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way for us to be saved. He's the only one who can justify sinners. He's the only one who can make us righteous. In fact, he's the only founder of any religion who's still alive. Every other founder, Buddha, Muhammad, uh, they're all dead. But Jesus is alive today. And so we as believers are instructed by our Lord. We are commanded by the one that we call Lord to go and make disciples of every nation. And so the gospel is for everyone. Verse 11, the scripture says, everyone who believes in him, speaking of Jesus, will not be put to shame. And so in this verse, Paul, who's writing here, quotes a verse from Isaiah 28, 16, which says that everyone who believes in Jesus will not be put to shame at the coming judgment. You see, our, our salvation is fully revealed at the final judgment. And at the final judgment, who's going to be the judge? Well, Jesus will be the judge. And people's lives will be examined at that final judgment. And those who have sin in their lives will be put to shame and spent, sent to spend eternity in hell apart from the presence of a holy God. But those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ will be able to stand in the judgment without shame and guilt. And why is that? It's because all their sins have been forgiven. They've been cleansed. They've been justified. They are righteous. Any accusation against a believer will have no validity in the final judgment. And so Jesus is Lord of all. Verse 12, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. So in Paul's time, the big distinction was between Jew and Greek, or it's really referring to Gentiles. There are Jews and there are Gentiles. And uh, most of us today are Gentiles. 
But the Jews back then considered themselves the people of God, and everybody else could only, could only come to God by becoming a Jew. And yet, now that Jesus had come, Jesus was Lord not just of the Jews, but he was the Lord of everyone, Jews and Gentiles alike. He's Lord of all. And who receives the benefit? The benefit of Jesus being Lord, it's, it's all who call on him. So everybody must call on the Lord. Verse 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so what does it mean to call on the name of the Lord? It means, to, it means for a sinner to pray, to talk to God, to repent of their sin, to admit they've sinned and turn away from it. To call on the Lord means to ask for forgiveness of those sins. To call on the Lord means to put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this verse says that everyone with no exception who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, does everyone who hears the gospel call on the name of the Lord? And the answer is no. Everyone who hears the gospel does not call on the name of the Lord. Many hear the gospel and do not believe. They do not call on the name of the Lord. And they are not saved because a person is not saved simply by hearing the gospel. But yet our responsibility is to give everyone an opportunity to believe so that they understand what the gospel is, and they can make a choice. But what about those who have never heard the gospel? Well, I believe that God makes a way for those who are seeking him to put their faith in Jesus. But that's the exception for the rule. I'm speaking of Muslims in foreign lands that never seen a missionary. Sometimes Jesus appears to them in a dream or vision, and they become believers. That's kind of the exception to the rule. That's a miraculous thing. The way God normally works is that the gospel is preached through missionaries who are sent and called to every nation. And that's really the concluding point of this passage, is that the gospel must be proclaimed. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And so here we see the sequence of how somebody is saved. First, somebody must preach the gospel to the sinner. They must hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And then the sinner must believe in Jesus. And finally, after believing in their hearts, they call on the Lord and are saved. And so where does this sequence begin? It begins with somebody preaching the gospel to those who have never heard before. Or perhaps they've heard it, but they haven't understood it and they've not chosen to believe the message. So sometimes people have to hear the gospel multiple times before they actually do believe. And so who is going to preach the gospel to the nations of the world? Well, missionaries must be sent. Verse 15, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so for, or, in order for missionaries to preach the gospel to the lost, they, they must be sent. Missionaries are called by God. God speaks to them and calls them, but they must be supported by the people of God in order to have the funds to go to the mission field. This was true even in New Testament times. Uh, missionaries and apostles were supported by people as they went preaching the word of God. In the assemblies of God, missionaries who are called, they travel to churches raising financial support for their missions budget. And only when their budget is complete can they go to the mission field. And so missionaries are 
are sent by believers like you and me in local churches. The Assemblies of God, we make monthly pledges to the missionaries we support. And we give every month to their support. And of course, part of that giving supports the overall missionary organization as well. And so in that way, missionaries are called by God and sent by believers. Now we send missionaries with faith promises. Verse 16 and 17 finishes our passage. It says, They have not all believed, not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so, as we said before, just because people hear the gospel does not mean they all accept and obey the gospel. And yet, it's our responsibility to send missionaries to preach the gospel so that every person can hear, so that every person has an opportunity to believe or not believe the truth of the gospel. And Paul concludes this passage in Romans chapter 10 by saying faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ or the gospel. And so people must hear the gospel in order to believe and be saved. And so today I want to speak in a little more detail about faith promises. And to begin talking about faith promises, I'd like us to watch a, a short video about faith promises. So a faith promise is agreement between you and God to give regularly to help send missionaries to the ends of the earth. So as they said in the, the, uh, the video, a faith promise is an offering. It's above the tithe, uh, which goes to the local church, 10% of your income. And next Sunday, we're going to give you an opportunity to make a faith promise for next year, for 2018. A faith promise is, is, is not how much you think you can afford to give, you pray and ask God how much he wants you to give. And then in faith, you make that promise, trusting him to bring the resources into your life to enable you to fulfill that promise. And our faith promise goal for 2018 will be $23,000. That's 10% of our general fund income from last year. That's how we set the goal. And so I believe that as we pray, as we obey what God tells us to do, as we make those faith promises, that we will meet that goal to send missionaries to the foreign fields. In your bulletins is a brochure which explains more about faith promises. We encourage you to read that if you haven't already. It also has a faith promise card. I'd like you to take a look at that. These are the cards that we're going to be turning in next Sunday. I'm encouraging you to do that. And it's going to be for 2018. And you can put either a weekly or monthly faith promise amount there. And what goes in the blank is a specific dollar amount. Uh, not a percent. We need a specific dollar amount so that we can see how the progress we're making towards our goal. And so that we can plan our mission budget for 2018. And as I said uh, be. If you haven't already, begin praying about what God would have you do uh, for 2018. We encourage you to begin praying this week. Next Sunday, we're going to have our special uh, mission service, a Faith Promise Sunday with missionary Jason and his family. And as they're going to a restricted area uh, of, the, of the planet, a restricted country, we can't... Uh, that service will not be recorded, so if you're not here, you're going to miss it. Uh, we cannot put that out. And so, uh, and we can't um, publish their names either, but we encourage you to come next Sunday. At the end of the service, we'll have a time of prayer 
and we'll be collecting those faith promises, and the following Sunday, we'll announce the total that we've received. Now, you'll be able to keep track of your faith promise, how you're doing over 2018 uh, in your profile on the realm. And so I believe as we step out in faith, this is the first year we've been doing faith, we, we're going to do faith promises, but I believe that God wants us to do it every year. As we step out in faith and intentionally give to missions, each of us seeking what God would have us do, I believe that God is going to bless us. He's going to bless the missionaries. He's going to help us to increase our missions giving. And missions is at the, at the heart of God. He wants to see lost people saved. And when we align ourselves with that mission, God blesses us individually. And God will bless our church as well. And so as a church here at Life Church, we're committed to fulfilling that purpose we see on the wall so all can hear. And so not only are we called to be witnesses right here in St. Louis in the area in which we live, we're called to help send missionaries around the world. The gospel message has the power to change lives. The gospel message has the power to save the lost because Jesus is Lord, not just of America, but of every country of the world. And there's nothing closer to God's heart than seeing the lost saved through missions. And so as each of us steps out in faith, makes a faith promise for 2018, and we're not going to come after you. It's between you and God. Okay, you're going to see how you're doing. We're not going to come after you. Oh, you're not. We believe as you step out in faith, God will help you. And God's going to help each of us to honor that promise, to bring it to fulfillment in our our resources, then we'll see people saved. Not just here in St. Louis, but around the world as well. And I believe that, that one day, one day when we get to heaven, there's people going to come up to us from other nations of the world. And they're going to say, thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. Because of what you did, I was saved. You were part of me finding the Lord. You are part of me being in heaven. In order to become a believer, and our mission is right here in St. Louis as well, in order to become a believer, we must do three things. We must admit that we've sinned, repent of that sin, believe that Jesus is Lord of all, that he's risen from the dead, put our faith and trust in him, commit our lives to following him. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to commit your life to him for the first time if you've never done it before, or perhaps you'd like to recommit your life to him. You might have wandered away. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray. And if you'd like to pray with me, I'd encourage you just to pray along in your heart. God knows your thoughts and your heart. Father, today... I admit that I've sinned, I've done wrong things, and I repent, I turn away from that sin. I ask for you to forgive me. I believe in my heart that you died on the cross, that I might be forgiven, and I believe you rose from the dead and you're alive today. And I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. I commit myself to sharing your gospel with everyone I know. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, today we thank you for the power of the gospel. We thank you for the power of the gospel that saved us. And we thank you, God, for, for that for every person here who is a believer, somebody shared the gospel with us. 
somebody took the time, somebody took their resources in some way, and it impacted us. We heard the gospel, and we were saved. And today, God, we make a commitment to seeking you this week, God, about how we can support sharing the gospel around the world, how we can support missionaries. We pray, God, that you'd speak to every person here today, every family about the 2018 faith promise that you would have them give, that the gospel might be preached around the world. We're grateful, God. We're so thankful that Jesus is Lord of all, and we pray that as a church family, you would help us to do our part in fulfilling your desire that everyone, that all hear the gospel. Forgive us, God, for wasting our resources on, on things that make no difference for eternity. Help us to use the resources that you give us to further the expansion of the gospel. We pray that you'd bless every person who makes a faith promise. We pray, God, that you'd bless them financially with the resources to fulfill that promise and that you would bless them spiritually, God, so that they could be powerful witnesses for you right here in St. Louis as well. And again, God, we look forward to someday in heaven seeing the fruit of our witness, to seeing the fruit of our giving. We might not know it all today in this life, but one day you'll show us, God. Thank you for your blessing on our lives. Thank you for the opportunity to participate with you in reaching a lost world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.